Welcome to the Deep Impact Investing Podcast with Kimberly Griego-Kyle on behalf of Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. In this podcast, I discuss sustainable impact investing, how to create portfolios that match your values, and a variety of other topics such as financial education, environmental sustainability, social justice, and sustainable food systems. Do you want to know if your investments seek the kind of accountability from corporations that you demand? Listen in as I explore the burning question, are you investing like you give a damn? Hello and welcome to Deep Impact Investing with Kimberly Grego Kyle from Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. Kim, what's going on? What is going on? It is uh, such a lovely day. My garden is in insane blooming situation out there. I have poppies like crazy. It's beautiful. Uh, poppies. Yeah. Like poppies. Yeah. I mean, those There's... are those are those are very robust, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes. Um, although the flowers are very delicate when they bloom, oh. it's, it, it's so gorgeous out in the backyard, which I didn't plant any of those things cause I'm renting from my friends and mm -hmm. it was fun to see what's been coming up. So well, it's like a surprise yeah. then it is a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> every, every time something new pops up, oh, look. I'm like, Oh, look, <laughs> that's good. As long as like, Oh, okay. Poison Ivy. <laughs> Wait, uh, they didn't plant. That, that yeah. hasn't happened yet. So let's that's hope good. that yeah. it doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> Well, that's anyway, awesome. we do have a topic today. Okay. Yeah. And it is going to play in a little bit to the guest I'm going to have on the next episode. Because we oh, are talking right. about, you know, emotional finance issues today. Mm -hmm. And what I really want to talk about is uh, how investors and advisors can deal with market volatility. Okay. Yeah, All right. it's, it's a big issue. And, yeah. you know, I think about the last two plus decades I've been in this business and a lot of what I do is help clients with their fear and anxiety over mm -hmm. the markets and it's handholding and I am 100% okay with that. But what I thought I would do is specifically address ways and issues that folks can deal with the fear and anxiety okay. before they come to talk to us. Yeah. So, yeah. so let me ask you this. When you, when you talk about the markets, right? I've heard people classify the markets as stock market, right? The, yes. the, the investment markets, but I've also heard people say, well, the markets, I personally include what's going on with the interest rates. I, I personally include what's going on with the, the overall people will even include GDP, things like that right. for the entire economy. I think they're kind of separate. What are we addressing today? They are separate. Yeah. However, the the things you listed, talking about inflation and the mm -hmm. GDP, those all can affect the volatility of the market. Yeah. And I have a definition here, if I can find it, about what volatility really means. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm looking for that. And of course, you know, I had to hand write my notes because my computer was acting up. Oh, that's um, fun. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so let's see. Um, well, I'll find it when I come to it. We'll talk about it because yeah. it was appropriate at the time. Anyway, let's start. When I, when I say, when I think of volatility, here's the thing is that, uh, do you like roller coasters? Not anymore. I used <laughs> to love them, but okay. yeah, it's kind of like that. 
So I, I, what I what I would do is I love loop roller coasters. I like roller coasters. You know, they go fast. They're long wow. roller coasters, so on and so forth. Right? I, I love all of that. However, there was a roller coaster that I was on, and this was I was still kind of young. I was in my thirties, right? Yeah. And it was it was an air powered roller coaster. So in other words, it would like it would use this air power to jet you out to begin with, wow. and the entire thing. So, so instead of going up a big hill to help you get speed for the twists and turns. It just shot you out like a rocket. Oh, that you talk about volatile. That beat me to smithereens because <laughs> like it shoots you out at 65 miles an hour and then you immediately hit like a corkscrew and a sharp turn and a loop and you haven't had any momentum from a hill. It's just them shooting you out of this tunnel. And I, I slammed back and forth in the stupid thing and I came out of there you know, walking like I was 80. Ugh. Oh, it was, I was beat up. So riders went once and that was it. That, yeah. that is actually a good analogy. When you talk about volatility, it, it is like a roller coaster. You yeah. know, it's you're fine for a few minutes and then it's crazy and then you're fine and then it's crazy. Right. Just, and then there's possibly regret and there's, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, that is possibly true too. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, yeah, yeah it's uh, you know, it, it, that is a good um, analogy there, but let's start with a brief history okay. of the markets. And I'm talking about the stock markets. Um, you know, there's, there's a reason why investors invest in the markets all of, you know investors all over the world invest mm -hmm, in the markets mm -hmm. and it's because the historical growth over the long term is very good yeah. and when we say long term we mean not not quite 10 years but more than that 15 years 20 years it's it it is um a lot easier to stomach if you look at it over the long term and i'm talking about um not timing the market in the short term I'm not talking about um, hopping in and hopping out because we're worried about inflation, those mm -hmm. types of things. Uh, it's the market, the stock market is for hardy investors or investors who are working with a hardy advisor, let yeah. me put it that yeah. way. It's, you know, it can be difficult to stomach like, um, you know, like a roller coaster. Historically, when we compare the long-term returns of stocks and bonds, um, and compare it to inflation, we are still seeing growth over that long period of time. Also, I must mention for the compliance, mm -hmm. <laughs> the past performance of the markets is not a guarantee of future returns. So yeah. e even though the long-term returns have been strong, I can't guarantee that. They're not yeah. allowed to do nobody that, right? Nobody can. Yeah, nobody right. can. Absolutely. If we look at the last hundred years, uh, there are a lot of data sources that show that returns are positive in the stock market 73% of the time. Okay. All right. Pretty significant, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, and that on the, on the other side is 27% negative. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think those are pretty good percentages myself. Um, those sound like a lot of the percentages of my, my high school grades. <laughs> I mean, because if you have C's, it's better than F's. Yes. Right? In the seventies, not so bad. Now, right. We'd love in the B's and A's, but my parents didn't expect that. <laughs> oh, they Eric, it's terrible. <laughs> yes. So it's... we'll take a seventy-three or seventy-two. That's okay. Okay. Well, when we talk about the most common returns of the stock market, you know, by by the time we get to December in a in a calendar year. 
the the market is up, you know, more than 20% at that mm. time. You know, often. I mean, this is very often because we're talking about the the 73%. Sometimes we get 1% up, but that's better than down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the long-term average return of the stock markets, <clears throat> and this is not me calculating it, this comes from you know, Bloomberg and all of those data places, mm. uh, is 9.7%. And we're talking about wow. just stocks, not your portfolio, because your portfolio has costs. Whether you're in mutual funds, you trade stocks, mm -hmm. any of those things, they all have costs. So your return will be a little less than that. Um, when we talk about the stock market return, there's no cost in there. So we have to factor that in. Um, what we see is that actually the stock market rarely has a return between 8 and 11%. It's either a little lower than that or quite a bit higher. But that average yeah. is 9.7, and that is nothing to sneeze at, really. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I want to point out that there's absolutely nothing average about the stock market. <laughs> mm -hmm. it's, it's not, I mean, one month to the next, one year to the next, uh, you know, what, what averages that year can be slightly different. So yeah. um, we have to pay attention to that. You know, you, uh, if you're an investor, I know you are, um, and I've done this too, right? We open up our year-end statement and find it positive, and we're so happy. We're very mm -hmm. happy about that. <clears throat> but it could be down as well. And when the stock market uh, is down, we get very nervous, especially mm -hmm. when we're looking at that year-end, and we're like, oh, my God, I didn't make any money this year. Mm -hmm. I'm not a psychologist, uh, so I'm not here <laughs> to tell you, Eric, or anyone what you should do, I really only hope to provide some perspective and help make listeners, investors feel better about the crazy side of the market and the volatility. Um, it's, you know, really what we have to do is gain some perspective here. Uh, when we're using a slower, more thoughtful process I hope the listeners will will find some useful tools in this slower, thoughtful process. Um, and they can put those personal tools in their toolbox and pull them out next time they're nervous. <clears throat> so not everyone finds the same in information helpful. If you're listening and the first thought I give you or the second doesn't sound helpful to you, hang in there because I have a lot of things to share today. All right. So I, <clears throat> as we all know, I've been an advisor for more than two decades, which sounds so crazy in my head <laughs> when I think about that. Um, you know, I've seen clients who have done things at the wrong time, um, you know, whether it's pulling their money out or, you know, you put your money in and I've told, I've told many people like, well, the stock market went down because you just put your money in last week and it's your fault. It's, <laughs> it's <laughs> Is, uh, but I'm, 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 I'm totally kidding. <clears throat> what we have when we think about, or when I'm talking to clients, this is how I have seen clients is we have the practical thinkers and we have the emotional thinkers. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to admit right away that I am an emotional thinker, you know, when it comes to pretty much anything, not just mm -hmm. the markets. Um, but for some of you, Looking at the practical is what helps ease your mind and your heart and your gut. Um, so let's start there. 
let's talk about some practical uh, things that we can do or, or look at for that practical thinker that will also help the emotional thinker. If we start out looking at volatility, when the market's down, we have the opportunity to buy something cheaper mm -hmm. than it was the day before, the week before, the year before. And so the market will create discounts. And so the practical thinker goes, oh, I'm going to put some money in the market. You know, it's down 15%, mm -hmm. but it is time for me to put some money in. Now, not everybody can do that, but we have to think about that everything being on sale. Here's my definition for volatility. I knew I'd find it in my notes somewhere. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when we talk about when we talk about volatility in the markets, it refers to the speed at which prices move. So it's often associated with large swings in the market, but they mm. can also be minor swings. It's it's really about the change and the speed. Markets go down. Markets go up. We all know that. I've said that a million times. We can't predict it. We, ha I have no crystal ball. Johan doesn't have a crystal ball. Uh, we just have to learn to understand how to manage the volatility. So how? You have a plan. This is also for the practical thinker. It sounds simple, but it's often very difficult to put a plan in place and stick with it. And that's the key. You know, if you sit down with your advisor and you create a portfolio allocation based on your risk, your time frame, how you stomach volatility, we ask, you know, at Horizons, we ask a lot of questions about that. So we can create an investment plan for you. And the idea behind that is to have something to stick with for the long term. Now, things change in our lives. And so we have to make sure we're letting our advisor know so they can adjust accordingly. But if you have created that plan, it's really important to think about that and stick with it. Um, I just wrote down in big letters, stick with the plan. <laughs> That's what the practical thinker does. And we'll talk about more what emotional thinkers do um, in terms of, you know, how we deal with that. Yes, I have a plan, but I'm scared, right? <clears throat> Okay, a couple more practical ideas here. Uh, be a little bit educated about what the markets look like and do and how they work. Um, make sure you understand the investments that are in your current portfolio. If you have an advisor and they are investing for you, make sure you understand those mutual funds, um, you know, the individual stocks that they're putting in there, real estate funds, whatever they might put in there, make sure you understand why and how it's going to help you in the long run. <clears throat> Um, always look at the big picture. Mm -hmm. The big picture is that long-term return and your plan, uh, whether it's retirement, whether you're saving for college, uh, for your children, any of those things. Look at the big picture. Here's some, here's some data. The average recession lasts 12 months. Mm. And, you know, it, we keep seeing, you know, the, it, in May, May 10th, um, we're a little bit past that now when we're recording, but interest rates, of course, were adjusted again. And so that makes people a little bit nervous and and thinking, well, maybe we are going, you know, into a recession. And we very well might be headed to a recession, mm -hmm. but look at the big picture. Look at the yeah. long term. Stick with your plan. The average length of a bull market, this is a fun one, 
it's 56 months. Wow. Over four years. Yeah. Significantly over four years. That's great. And even better, the average length length of a bear market is 14 months. Mm. And the average time for recovery from a bear market can vary. Uh, there's not really an average time, but it, we've uh, what we've seen over history is somewhere between 19 months and the longest 73 months, mm. which is pretty significant. Um, but we're we're talking about times like the oil crisis in the 70s. Yeah. Um, you know that that took a while to to recover, and you know we've seen some some big drops in the last fifty years, mm-hmm. but we have always seen recovery at some point. So if you're invested in the market for more than twenty years, you're not even going to really notice those drops, yeah. no matter how significant they are. Emotional thinkers, let's talk to you. (laughs) And this is helpful for the practical thinker too. I just want to mention my wife is a practical thinker. Mm -hmm. If there's a problem, she looks for a solution and I go, oh my God, there's this problem. It's so big. I don't know how to deal with it. (laughs) You know, and, and so we are two very different types of thinkers. And I think that's complimentary, but she wants the practical data. She wants that information. Mm -hmm. And, and I just want to know everything's going to be okay. And that's what emotional thinkers really want. Well, Um, here's the thing, Kim, is that I am a, for the most part, I'm a practical thinker. Mm-hmm. But I'm also pretty emotional or, or I can get pretty passionate about things, right? Yes. My concern and my, I guess my hope maybe is that in the future, I will continue to be fairly practical in my thinking because at my age, and I have no problem saying this, I turned 49 about a month ago. So I'm okay right now, right? I'm, I can still be that practical thinker. My concern or my, my hope is that I can, can maintain that practical thinking when I'm 60, 63, 64, right? Yeah. Around the time where if something happened in the market, it could affect me more because I don't have the time horizon, right? We right. Stick, stick to the plan. I get it. I but agree But your plan will change over that time Correct. period. Correct. And the plan will change over that time period. And there, there'll be adjustments and things and becoming a little bit more conservative, so on and so forth. However, those that retired in January of 2020... December of 2019. Yep. Right. All of a sudden, is there a panic? Is there concern? How strong are the emotions then? So I love the fact that you split this in the two because I feel like I'm on both sides in a way. Right. And I think some people are. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. All right. And you're right. Those folks who retire and then all of a sudden we have a big market drop, that can be very painful, mm-hmm. especially if you're retiring with what you think is just barely enough money to get you through retirement and you know things will maybe have to be adjusted maybe you have to spend less for a few years you know there's a lot of different ways that you can work with that with your advisor but that happens it happens all the time yeah yeah all right emotional Um, thinkers let's do this yeah and before we do that i have to say so your birthday was about a month ago yeah you're a taurus aries you're aries so it's early april April twelfth, yeah. April twelfth. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, you're you're close. I'm I'm an April baby too. Ah, all right. Are you <laughs> at the end? Twenty sixth. Yeah. Oh well, there you go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, happy birthday, Kim. <laughs> happy birthday to you, Eric. <laughs> 
going to put that on my calendar. All right. So let's, let's talk about, well, I talked about these practical tips, which can help emotional thinkers, yes. yeah. but they're not going to start there. Um, and I'm not asking emotional thinkers to ignore what's happening, to ignore their fear. Um, emotions can be useful tools if we use them correctly and are aware. Mm -hmm. So we have to acknowledge if I'm saying we, because I'm an emotional thinker and I'm, you know, sharing this with the other emotional investors out there. Um, it, we have to acknowledge the fear of what's happening. It's valid. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it, it's just, just going to be there. What we learn to do is to control our fear with the idea, and this is important, that emotions are not a sound basis for an investment choice. Mm. Does that make sense? Of course, you know, yeah. We don't want to make, yeah, we don't want to make choices or make decisions on our investments based on, on our emotions, whether it's fear or, um, you know, we're super excited and, you know, crazy over the moon about a specific investment. That's also emotional. So mm -hmm. make sure we look at the practical pieces behind that. Yeah. And also, by the time you, as an investor, are reacting emotionally to the market volatility, um, the market has already priced in whatever risk you're worried about. Are you worried about inflation, recession, um, the, the war in Ukraine, whatever it happens to be, uh, the market's priced in that risk. So mm -hmm. it's... And that comes back to the practical. Yeah. It's also a practical piece, but, you know, emotionally we have to tell ourselves, okay, this risk is already here and been adjusted for with the, with the returns of the market. So maybe I don't have to be quite as scared. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> it's interesting. Here's the other thing I hear from emotional thinkers. It's different this time when we're talking mm. about, you know, what's happening in the world yeah. and except honestly, except it isn't, it's not different this time. It's just, it looks a little different, but it's the same. It's the same process. Something happens globally. It affects the markets everywhere. It affects the markets in the U S um, oil crisis. It affects everyone. You know, we, we see oil as a problematic issue uh, now and going forward because we cannot get all those stranded assets of, of the oil out of the ground. So, you know, that's being priced in now um, with the drop in value of a number of oil companies. So yeah. it's, it's not always different. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because I think about all of these things that people talk about and not that this is the first one they go to, but you know, the threat of nuclear war, we've mm. been there. Yes. Right. That's happened. Um, recessions, banking crisis, also been there. Volatility, always there. It's always in the market in some mm -hmm. way. Uh, global economic struggles, definitely been there. So, yes. you know, these are all the types of things that we've all been there. Um, you know, war in Ukraine, we've had global wars. We've yes. recovered from that. Um, it's, it's different, but it's not. Let's put it are you are you ready for a stupid analogy? Yes. <laughs> Give me as one. You're talking, so here, here, here's the thing. You know I love to eat, and <laughs> seriously, bottom line is that the, does it look different to to you? Yes, but honestly, if you've ever walked through a pasta aisle, you have 
how many different boxes of macaroni, right? Some of them are generic. Some of them are going to be the, the store brand. Uh, some of them are going to be a local brand. Some of them are going to be a national chain brand. Some of them are going to be a high-end national chain brand. Open the box, what's inside? Pasta, <laughs> macaroni, right? right? Now, some of it may taste better than others. Totally fine, I get it. But the basis of it is it's macaroni, right? Right. I, I, when you said global economic issue, I remember when Greece was going through its issues and it was gonna be bankrupt and it was, this is gonna cause the entire economy of the world to alter and change and people were freaking out. And it wasn't just Greece, now there's another country that's flailing and having trouble, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Different package on the outside, same macaroni on the inside. <laughs> right? Yeah. It, it's, it's that kind of mentality where, right, it, you're at a different stage of your life. And so that, that issue looks differently to you. And, and it's, but again, it's kind of the same thing we've been through. Will there be a struggle for a little while? Yes. Do we know how long? No. But will it recover? Yes. I mean, it's, 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 I am one that sometimes my brain goes to that dark place of worst case scenario. What yep. is the worst? Here's when I was, when I was little, I, I thought for sure I was going to be homeless one day. Oh. I just thought that because I, I, I had money issues when I was little, my family had money issues when I was, when I was little, I didn't understand that I could make enough money to sustain a family. I didn't think I could do that. Yeah. I, I thought for sure for a few years, I was going to be homeless. No, that's, it's just not the case, right? Right. There are things you can do to adjust. There are things you can do to change an attitude, a behavior, all these different things. And just realizing different box, same macaroni. Right. And when we talk about worst case scenario, what, what is a worst case scenario really? It's that the entire world collapses and we have a nuclear war or some other type of war. Mm -hmm. And honestly, at that point, it does not matter what your right. investments are doing, because how are you going to collect on that? If they're, if the entire economic system collapses, correct. What are you going to do? Nothing. Um, they're just, you know, we're all in the well, same situation. Be, there will still be crime because of that situation. And there will still yeah. be people that will band together and help each other in that situation. Exactly. So there are people who, um, respond in a way that is going to help society or Correct. help the other people around. And yes, there are people on the other end, but those are the two extremes. Right. And what we'll find is things happen somewhere in the middle. And that is exactly what happens with volatility. Yeah. Yep. So also for the emotional thinker, it's, we need to be more proactive with our emotions. And that sounds kind of funny, I think, but it, it's important to talk about your emotions and how you feel about the volatility with your trusted advisor. Absolutely. Whether it's your financial advisor, your attorney, your father or mother, <laughs> whoever is that person mm -hmm. that helps you look at things more logically and get calmer about it, that's who you should talk to. So be more proactive and less reactive for that emotional thinker. Uh, what else can we do when we're faced with market anxiety? And I, I don't like to necessarily call it fear, but it is fear and it creates anxiety. So mm -hmm. let's look at it that way. Um, we can control that. We can make it uh, a focus and hyper you know, to, let's talk about um, gas prices. So her hyper-focused on what's happening with the gas prices and we cannot get our mind off of it. We can take 
a deep breath. We can think about other things. We can bring in some practical knowledge around that issue, and it can help us with our anxiety. What we also can control is our saving and our spending. Mm -hmm. If things are a little crazy at the moment. So, you know, and I will admit it's hard right now because inflation's pretty high. And every time I go to the grocery store, I'm complaining the entire time about the cost of groceries that compared macaroni to, oh my so... gosh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, heading toward yeah. the generic section, just letting you know right now. <laughs> right. And you know, that's okay. Sometimes we have to do that. I grew up doing that too. Right. But yeah, you know, well, it's just the way one it of is. The things that we, we alter things, right. We, we, you talked about adjusting. I remember when, when Candy and I were fairly young in our marriages, I don't know, four or five years in, maybe a little bit longer than that, but gas prices went really high. And some of the practical things that we figured out that we were doing wrong, uh, as far as our gas consumption was, we were going to the store a couple times a week because mm. we didn't plan, right? And if we had just planned better for meals for an entire week, we eliminated at least one or two trips to the grocery store, which eliminated that much gas from our budget. It was the small things like that, that we, it was actually a really good thing for us. Quite honestly, right. it trained us to be better. Plus we ate probably healthier because again, oh, we just, we were out of the groceries. We didn't plan what that meal was going to be. Let's just grab a burger real quick. Right. And, and we then we're, to get there. yeah, <laughs> then you're going to drive to a restaurant and, you know, you're going to do that a couple of times a week. And, yeah. you know, we found ourselves in that same situation yeah. too. We we're like, oh, we're eating out too much. And yeah. You know, and then, you know, yes, the driving, ah, it's different now that I live in town, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. although there's no grocery store that's walkable from no, my house. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're a couple miles away. I'm sure you could walk that, but I'm not going to do that with groceries. So, yeah, yeah. But the farmer's market is walkable from our yes. house. So that's exciting. All right. Here's another kind of practical tip for our emotional thinkers. Watch less news. Oh, yes. Stop the doom scrolling on social media and the constant news cycle of this problem, this problem. News does not share, the television news does not share good news very often. Mm -hmm. It's mostly the negative things that are happening. And that's not all that's happening in the world. So, so don't do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no. And we, we, oh, here's a, here's something I, I wrote this down. I thought, okay, this is kind of funny, but you, you can't hedge the unhedgeable. So what do I mean? I mean, mm. for example, you can't buy insurance for a nuclear war. We just talked about that, right? There's, mm -hmm. there's no one who's who you can collect from. Yeah. So you can't buy insurance for um, market volatility. You can't buy insurance to help you pay for gas when the price goes up down the road, mm -hmm, you know, the, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's unhedgeable. So just get that out of your mind. Um, all right. Uh, we talked a lot about already the uh, worst case scenario. So I'm going to skip that here in my notes, but um, we, we do have to remember that what we're living through right now is just normal history. Yeah. So think about Pompeii. I mean, all of a sudden everything was gone, right? Yep. It could happen. I'm not being a doomsday or anything, but you know, it, it it's unhedgeable. So let's not even go there. Yeah. And then of course, as the, for the emotional thinker, cause this is what we see a lot with nervous, super nervous clients is 
they want to do the market timing approach. So they want to get out when the market is crazy or down and then get back in when they think the market is going up. Most of the time they've missed the significant upside by doing that. It, it rarely works. Um, Maybe you get lucky a few times, but you're not going to be able to do that all the time. And we know there's study after study after study of clients or investors who jump in and out of the market when they think they know how to time it. They earn less consistently than what they would with an advisor who helps them stick to their plan. And we come back to that stick to the plan. I just want to mention a couple things. So if you're an advisor... It's important to understand these two types of thinkers so that when they come in to see you or call you on the phone to talk to you about what's happening in the markets, you can respond in the way that they can hear you or, Uh you know, giving them practical tips, um, understanding their emotion, you know, relaying that to them. I hear you. I understand what you're feeling. So we need to be two types of advisors, the practical and the emotional in order to work with our clients had to work really hard over the years to be more practical and not so emotional with clients and how you respond to them is so important because they need to feel heard and understood. And that's not just the emotional thinkers. It's the practical ones too. I have to tell you the most practical client I've ever had um, was a retired engineer. Mm. Engineers, they just yeah, think they practically, <laughs> right? And, yep. and and so I had to work with him slightly differently when he would ask me questions. Um, being a good listener is all part of that, you know, as for an both, advisor. For both groups. For both sides, you're right. I did really? write that down too. Like we both have to listen. So if you're an investor and you come in to see your advisor, you call them on the phone and you're completely freaked out that the market has dropped 10% on your last report, um, you know, your, your account maybe has dropped 10%. You also need to listen to how your advisor responds to you because mm-hmm. what they're going to do is help you stick to your plan mm-hmm. as best as they can. And that is what the advisor's job is. It's That's really our job. We help you create a plan and we help you stick to a plan. Yeah. And, you know, if you need help doing that, if you can't do it yourself, some people can, most people can't. Please call Johan at the office mm-hmm. at the Horizons Home Office in Santa Fe. It's 505-982-9661. Or you can email info at horizonssfs.com. And I, I just put that in there now because that's kind of what we're talking about. Well, Kim, you and I know, you know that I've worked with advisors for a very long time and I'm connected to many, many, many. And the, the ones that I'm connected to, that I stay connected to, are phenomenal. They're relationship builders. They, they're good at what they do. But even then, I've, I've talked to a few of them, and they, they each had some stories about a client or two that just didn't stick to the plan, especially yep. in 2020. And, and, and what, a, what a nightmare that was for everyone. But when they decided, I just can't take this, I need to get out of the market, it was in March or April after a huge loss down, down yep. 30% or whatever it was. And they just, I, I think they it's just going to get worse, right? The, the yeah. worst case scenario thinking they jump out and then they jump back in six months later. Well, during that six months, 
before they jumped back in, the market corrected itself and yes. actually ended up higher, if I'm not mistaken. And they missed all that gain. So all they did was just take a big fat loss and have less money to invest back into a market that's already high. Exactly. And it's, it's it ha and that happens yeah. over and over again. I want to go back to the late 90s when I started in this business. Mm -hmm. And I had a client as we rolled into the early 2000s when the market was really dropping significantly. And in, you know, in, in 2000 and 2001, we had 9-11. So the market honestly sucked for mm -hmm. three years. <laughs> Just yeah, to put yeah. it that way, it did. And I had a client who, who said, I, I can't take this and I want you to put me all in gold. That was mm. a terrible emotional decision yeah. for her to make. But it yeah. happens. Um, and I want to tell you, listeners, if you've done that or something similar, don't beat yourself up. We just have to go forward. Yeah, absolutely. So I just want to mention finally here that we have an advisor job, which is holding hands or being practical or helping their clients stick to their plan. That is your job. That's what you are here for. Um, lots of different ways you can help clients with their, with their emotions or their concern about volatility. Uh -huh. Um, what else? Uh, oh, uh, clients, you should talk to your advisor. If you're nervous, don't yeah. just, don't just talk to your friends, um, who may or may not have investments in the market and, you know, really talk to your advisor and make sure that the plan you had still works for you going forward. I'm so going to flip that coin over. Yeah. Flip and flip the coin over because uh, when I was coaching advisors, that was one of the things that I really pressed on. When there's something going on, call your client. Just give them a call. Absolutely. Don't, don't email. Just give them a call. Even if you leave a voicemail, hey, I know things are things you're seeing stuff on the news, whatever. Remember, we have a plan. Remember, right. we're going to stick to that plan. We're doing fine. Right. Let's, if you have any questions, give me a call and talk about it. But there were advisors that just stuck their head in the sand. Kim, and you know that. Yep, you, you, I you, do. Saw it, you saw the industry. Those are not the advisors that people should be working with, in my opinion. That's just only Eric's opinion. But bottom line <laughs> is that relationships are key. And they being are. able to trust your advisor means communication from the client to, to the advisor, just like you said. And the advisor to the, the client to is the primary. Client. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know that that's yeah. what you've done. Johan does so magnificently. That is, that's what we do. You know, I, um, I really feel like that is a key piece of, of my job and has been for over two decades. So, and I'm happy to do it yeah, and you should it. be happy to do it. If you're an advisor, it is well, yeah. get out of the yeah. job, do yeah, something else. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you're not a people person, don't be the front of the business. There are jobs for you. If you're not a people <laughs> yeah. person, totally. Yeah. there's totally jobs for you. Just not absolutely. Yes. My son was just here visiting and he would die if he had to do the job I was doing. He oh, is, yeah. you know, he, he's a behind the scenes kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's great. He does a great Absolutely. job. So, so that's what I have today. And as a reminder, the next podcast, we're going to have a, a fabulous woman on Christine Lucan, and we're going to talk about her book and how she works with people on their emotional finances. So yeah. I'm excited about that. Fantastic. It's going to be a lot of fun. Kim, thank you so much. Uh, why don't you give the number to Johan one more time because yeah. it's not that he's bored or he's sitting there doing nothing, uh, but he'd sure <laughs> like to talk to people. He would. It's 505-982-9661 
Or if you're an emailer, it's you can email info at horizonssfs.com. Absolutely. Kim, thank you. This has been a lot of fun today. Yeah. Well, yeah, it has been fun. <laughs> I found out we both share a birthday month. Yay. Yes. We should have known that earlier. Now I'm embarrassed. I know. I, I know. It's been years and I didn't know when your birthday was. Seriously. All right. All right. Thank you. Again, we'll talk to you soon. And of course, our last thank you will always go to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Deep Impact Investing Podcast with Kimberly Grigo Kyle. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Kim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it and leave a review, as this actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Horizon Sustainable Financial Services, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Deep Impact Investing with Kimberly Griego-Kyle, the sustainable, responsible, impact investing podcast, reminding you that it's time to invest like you give a damn. If you have questions about this podcast or topics you'd like to hear addressed on an upcoming podcast, please email me at kim at griego-kyle.com. That's gr I-E-G-O hyphen K-I-E-L dot com or give Horizons a call at 505-982-9661 and be sure to ask for Johan Klassen. Don't forget to click the subscribe button to be notified when new episodes become available and to share this podcast with colleagues, friends, and family. The companies I may speak about during the podcast are not recommendations for investment. Only you and your financial advisor can determine what the right investments are for you. Kimberly Griego-Kyle produces this podcast on behalf of Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. Horizon Sustainable Financial Services, Inc. is a registered investment advisor registered with the SEC. Horizon Sustainable Financial Services, Inc. and its financial professionals do not render tax or legal advice. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the host and or guests and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Horizon Sustainable Financial Services, Inc. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. None of this content may be used or duplicated without the express written agreement of the podcast host.